getting older sucks, but midlife doesn't have to. I'm your host, Caroline Fardig, here to bring a weekly hour of fun to the middle children of society, Gen Xers. Together, we'll navigate midlife like it's 1999. Welcome to the wrong side of 40. Welcome to my very first podcast ever. I'm Caroline Fardig, host of The Wrong Side of 40, and I'm thrilled you're joining me today. On today's episode, we'll be hanging out with some of my favorite people. My college buddy, Carrie, zooms in for some sweet 80s video game nostalgia. My husband and his pickleball partner come on to give us a taste of the fastest growing sport among Gen Xers. And my friend Jean stops by to talk yoga and stretching for joint and muscle health. And my college kid drops by graciously helping us Gen Xers to better understand what the kids are doing these days. Plus, I have some awesome movie picks to leave you in stitches. The good kind. Before we get started, a little bit about me. It took me well into my 40s to decide what I want to be when I grow up. At the moment, I'm an author and a podcaster, but I didn't exactly take a straight path leading to my dream job. I've been a public school music teacher, insurance agent, church organist, banking trust specialist, stay-at-home mom, and coffeehouse owner. Oh, and I worked at a funeral parlor for a while too. But enough about me, let's get started. We're still preoccupied with 1985. It's like nostalgia, 80s version. Gag me with a spoon. All right, I have Carrie Facet Olzak here, and we are going to talk nostalgia. I've known Carrie since my first day of college, I do believe. Hi, Carrie. Hi. <laughs> Actually, I've known you longer than I've known my husband. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So we were music majors at the University of Evansville a little while ago, not very long. A couple years. Yeah, but we definitely had everything about the 90s down. I mean, we were we were all about our 90s stuff. So we but we're going to actually go back a little bit farther and talk about 80s nostalgia today, specifically video games. So video games, Carrie, first question, did you love or did you just, you know, go along with playing video games just because everybody else did? I actually I loved them but I was never entirely skillful at any of them. I just loved it, like, <laughs> the initial stages. I would get really into it, but I never was good enough to actually complete any video game. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like that was how I was. I didn't, I didn't like it because I wasn't good at it, and we didn't have a system at home because I, I was an only child, and I really, without siblings, video games weren't that much fun, you know, without somebody else to play with. But, um, yeah, I would not ever get through the first level, so it was just like... Just doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Repetition's good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. But I never got better. I should have got better. <laughs> so what, okay, when you think about playing video games in the 80s, what memories does it bring back? Okay, so when I think about playing video games when I was a kid, um, a lot of the kids I grew up with had an Atari. I had something called a Odyssey 2 Plus, which tried really hard to be an Atari, but it never quite got there. Oh, no. So like, <laughs> instead of the, the game Pac-Man, it had something called KC Munchkin, <laughs> which was <laughs> a little guy that was kind of shaped like Pac-Man, but kind more bitmappy. And, <laughs> and he went around and ate pellets and ghosts that were bitmappy also came after him. And then ah. instead of Donkey Kong, it had Pickaxe Pete. <laughs> How did they get away with stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know. 
but those are the games I grew up playing and I actually I enjoyed them it was a lot of fun but yeah it was kind of funny to have the Odyssey 2 plus so did you have sister to sister rivalries like I I am friends also with her sister Suzanne so um did you did you guys have like battles or anything um we it's it was kind of weird we grew up in the country ourselves and we were the only kids in our neighborhood so if you wanted to have like someone to play with we kind of had to get along and (laughs) we kind of adapted to like all like we never really argued that much because we were each other's best friend and playmates so when we did video games it was kind of you could do the two person where like you would play until you your, your 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 character died and then the next person got to play for a little bit so like we didn't even have to argue over that the machine basically forced us to take turns <laughs> <laughs> so no we, we were good we turned each other on well that's good i mean you guys are so easy to get along with each separately that i'm not surprised that you got along as sisters so yeah so can you still like hear can you can you like hear the the songs the little made-up songs in your head or when you hear something like it, you're like, oh, Odyssey too. <laughs> I could, I could kind of hear the sound effects. Yeah, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I can't recreate them, but I can hear right. them. <laughs> so do, do you still have this thing? Is it still in your family's possession? It is in my parents' house. No way. That's cool. It's a box. It's packed in its box and it's in a, like the top of a closet. So it exists, but yeah. That's great. Well, you should get it out. Yeah, you should. Go grab it, play it. <laughs> yeah, when we moved into this house, there was a TV that's clearly from the 80s that was left in the house. Nice. It was fun to hook that up to the old TV. <laughs> yes, you could just hook that right back up and just be right back in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on and talking nostalgia video games with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, I am here today with two of my favorite people. One, my husband, Matt. Say hello. Hello, everyone. And our friend, Kayla. They are pickleball partners. Say hello, Kayla. What's up, guys? So these two are pickleball partners, and I can't be pickleball partners with Matt because I am not good enough, evidently, to be his pickleball partner. But Kayla is. (laughs) So... And they even do tournaments and everything. Pretty sure I never said that. Oh my God. If you said those words, like I'm leaving. I would have been kicked out of the house if I saw those words. No, it's, it's really true. It is really true. And that's okay. I know, I know my limits and my limit is being good at pickleball, but that's okay. All right. So we just have some questions for these two. And if you know these two, which you probably don't, if you're listening in and you don't know us, um, they fight like brothers and sisters. So I just figured that'd be a great <laughs> podcast dynamic is to get them all on here and just let, let them, you know, have at it. So Matt and Kayla, how and when did you get into pickleball? We will go with Kayla first. Well, I started last year actually, um, cause Matt was coaching my daughter in tennis and there was a party and I was just kind of going, you know, watching everybody swim, blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, Hey, let's go play pickleball. And I'm like, never done that before. And I didn't realize how big of a workout it was because I was drenched in sweat. And Matt kept wanting to play, and he was yelling at me already. And I'm like, okay, I like this guy, and I want to play more because I want to be good enough to beat him one day. (laughs) All right. And Matt? 
My story is actually a lot nicer than that. Um, <laughs> we, we saw that they were building uh, outdoor courts at a local uh, racket club, tennis club, and got, I got, got excited about that. And so I actually used it as recovery from Achilles tendon surgery. So it was a good way for me to get out there and uh, kind of stretch my foot and yeah, kind of recover such back. You're a good person. And, he always has to yeah, outdo me. See how much nice better that was uh-huh. than yeah, like, okay. you know, I just had to beat that guy. I just met mm-hmm. this random guy who coached my daughter's tennis team, and I had to beat him. So see, mine's like rehab and... <laughs> great story right right so, right come back come back yeah it was but, a comeback but, story, but, yeah. i mean but we Couldn't did kind of walk came back you know and now now i'm just you don't like to be anybody then is what you're saying well maybe but <laughs> <laughs> right. but so we did gloss over the fact that it was mad that brought kayla onto the pickleball scene is that true that's true yep is that, is that fair i mean kind of okay Kind of. Okay. Kind of. I think I All invited right. you one time, and I think you just kept coming and coming. And <laughs> oh, that's sure. That's true. I've been there sure. ever since that day. That is sure. All right. So speaking of the pickleball scene. Uh, is that a thing, the pickleball it scene? Is, it's a scene. It's, sometimes it's a big scene, but, you know. So did you think the pickleball scene would explode like it has in our area? No. I mean, from, like, when you started. I, it, it wasn't because at first it was a little slow. You know, you'd go, you'd, you'd only go to the racket club and you'd play there. And, you know, but now you're starting to see around this area, people are starting to look to build outdoor courts. We and, have, um, yeah, it's definitely seeing it catch on. Yeah. We have how many courts being built right now that in Evansville, Newburgh, mm-hmm. um, three, three that I know of in there. Boonville, yeah. yeah everywhere around here is building every courts. Church, every church in town you can play yeah. in there. Uh, you know, play in their gyms now. They're all doing that as, you know, outreach and ministries and stuff like that. So you can play all through the winter and everything. Yep. So, you know, since it's gotten so big, obviously people are going to need training, you know, if they want to get better and be in tournaments and stuff like that. So where, where, or who do you look to for, for your training? Uh, for me locally, um, I first started with, uh, it's a, a company called 100% Pickled, and it's uh, Steve and Gina Burgess. Um, they're awesome in the area. If you're in the Evansville area, you definitely want to go talk to them. Uh, they can get you started. Technically, my first lesson ever was with them, oh, like cool. four years ago or something like I that. I played a long time ago. Yeah, but I, I only went to a lesson. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and all I did was dink, and I didn't understand anything, so I quit. <laughs> and then when I found out it was really competitive and you moved around more, then I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, and that's kind of the interesting thing about pickleball. You can you can almost play at any level you want. You can go out there and just play for fun, and you know you'll see eighty year old you know people out there hitting the ball and doing pretty well with oh, it. Yeah. You'll see kids out there playing. Yeah, you know, so sure. it's you can if you get into the tournament side, it gets a little more competitive, gets a little more cutthroat. But uh, there's definitely a, probably more of a casual element, bigger than the the cutthroat element, I think, in town. All right. So speaking of competition, how and this question is going to be so good for these two <laughs> how important is competition to you during a friendly game of pickleball just a friendly game what's a friendly game of pickleball <laughs> exactly. exactly okay yes exactly that was the answer i was looking for <laughs> am i playing against kayla or with exactly kayla in this one? yes okay you're playing with kayla against well then we're else. nice to each other oh yeah but still got to win. We're yeah, we're <laughs> friends. We're on the same team. Sure. And you're playing when you're playing against each other. Then oh, we're just trying to, to destroy her. Okay. Even <laughs> during a friendly game. Oh yeah. Oh, there's no okay. friendly game with us. You two do not need to play board games together. Is what you're oh, saying. I think that's a fun idea. Actually, <laughs> I've been actually thinking about that because I want to beat him. Ah, maybe I need to go hide somewhere. <laughs> I got told yesterday uh, we were at uh, a local uh, club playing, and I got told that I was targeting her apparently when I was playing against her. So. Actually, like every single person yesterday <laughs> team up with you against me and i <laughs> felt like i was uh back in like high school again with a bunch of coaches <laughs> and right. i wasn't very good at anything anymore my self-esteem was a little bruised yesterday all right so are you but then now are you nice to the other people on the other side of the court depending on the severity and 
importance of the game like if it's just a friendly game do you try to just pickle everybody i mean that's always fun right (laughs) especially when i pickle my husband that was like really really fun yeah didn't i say last wednesday that was one of my hobbies and we did it your husband yeah (laughs) and we did he's like i don't like being pickled and i'm like well i like to pickle you it's fun well, let's let's quit saying pickle somebody. That sounds a little weird. <laughs> to, for all of you out there that, that don't know this, to pickle someone means that you beat them. You you they get zero and you get eleven. So you have totally smashed them, ruined them. You kick their butt. I do wish pickleball was a cooler name, like like sleigh ball or like <laughs> yeah. sleigh, like paddle slayers or, or murder something. ball or murder ball. Yeah, that's Caroline's favorite. That's an interesting thing, though, about pickleball is people that haven't played it think it's kind of like this sissy sport because you're hitting this little plastic ball around. And yeah, it's, it's a wiffle very, ball. Yeah, it's a I honestly ball. thought that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a, a, a guy that I know uh, have known for a lot of years, and the first time he went out and played, he, you know, he just went out there. He's like, oh, this looks pretty easy. I think two games into it, I mean, this guy works out, was in good shape. I mean, two games into it, he was huffing and puffing and hurting and had to yeah. actually take a break, you know, because it's just you, you don't realize uh, – the amount of cardio you actually get, you know. Oh yeah, this. it's tough. Like, how many steps did you take yesterday? Um, equivalent like four and a half miles, and yeah, what four and hours? So. Burn, oh, yeah. yeah. My watch, I watched that I burned like over a thousand calories. Nice. So yeah. I was like, you I'll earned it. every one of them too. <laughs> so when when you are in a tournament though, tournament mode, do you get nervous? I honestly don't get nervous until Matt starts saying, I'm nervous. And then I'm like, well, sh- now I'm nervous. So I, I go in there like really excited. And then mm-hmm. he starts getting all fiddling around and start getting nervous. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it kind of feeds off to me because I'm, I'm an empath and I feel other people's feelings. So he is a nervous Nelly. He is. And then he's like, get out of your head, Kayla. I'm like, I'm not in my head until you said that. Now I'm in my head. Yeah, I found out if I tell her to quit worrying about stuff. and Then, you know, I, then I start worrying about it. Then she worries and she shuts down. But, mm, nice. But no, I, I show up at these things. It's funny, you know, you, you can play all the time, but you show up at a tournament and you, my hands are shaking. I'm like high adrenaline. I hit every ball I'm hitting out, hitting too hard, too go, moving too fast. And he's telling me all about it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. okay. Oh yeah, now me too. <laughs> me too now. <laughs> yeah, they always say do everything slow, but I can't slow down. That's just not me. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's true. <laughs> so did you have to change your playing style to be able to play together better? Yes. We were terrible the first couple of times we played together. Actually, we I don't even think we won. Like, we were awful together. I didn't realize, like, the first, like, five times I played with him that he was a left-hander. So that kind of messed. Wow, thanks. That messed everything up for a little bit. Because <laughs> then I realized that he was left-handed, too. I thought he was just stealing all my balls all the time. And oh, being really well, he'll rude. do that, too. If you well, he does, but. <laughs> or is that just me? He also has, like, the forehand the same as me. So I was always like, gosh, why, why is he so rude? Like, those are my balls. <laughs> I get that a lot playing. I had a lady yesterday. You know, I think we played four or five times. She goes, I just realized you're left-handed. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of playing style, um, has, well, not really playing style, but I guess just fitness style approach to fitness or whatever. I know Kayla's not quite on the wrong side of 40, but she is so close that we're just going to. Get close. Oh, man. Yeah. We're, we're that's kind of burn. Like, yeah. saying that. Mm. Oh, okay. October, and everybody. Jeez. Okay. Oh, you're like real close. Yeah, she's real close. <laughs> My half birthday is like next month or two months. Yeah. <laughs> Very close. So. You hit 40. Uh, I uh, yeah. that was 30. <laughs> that's what this whole podcast is about is, that, you know. Um, so how has being on or approaching the wrong side of 40 okay. changed what you do for fitness and sports? Okay. That's a really good question because I've struggled with that because I played college softball and I've always been like active and like the 
best at like, you know, the sports I've always played. And now I'm not that anymore. So with softball, I'm just like an old has-been now that shows up and gets, tears a muscle running the first base or pulls your rotator cuff, you know, tear it, whatever. Um, pickleball is really cool because like you said, it's all ages and it's something I can play the rest of my life mm-hmm. as long as I'm healthy and God continues to bless me for that. So it's actually, I think I'm throwing the talent. I never thought I would say that with softball because I've been <laughs> getting injured every year playing. Uh-huh. But you should see this woman throw a wiffle ball <laughs> across a gym. It's just like, it's, she might as well have a softball. I mean, I can get it to go about five feet. We were talking about that like Wednesday night. I was like, look at me throw this wiffle ball. I can't even get it across the court. <laughs> I'm going to miss it, but it's probably better for my health because... Your best friend's got to be that Advil dual action. It's like Tylenol and Advil mixed together. Once right you hit there. 40. Oh, you should do there. an advertisement I should for do, them. Mm-hmm. Hold up Advil, Advil dual, dual action. action. <laughs> Wrong side like, of play pickleball. You need this. <laughs> Good sponsor. So how about you, Matt? I just gave away my secret. I took Oh, that, okay. So that's your only thing. <laughs> so you do nothing different except for afterward, you're in pain and you take Advil. Okay. Yep. Oh, that, that's Sweet. my trick. So okay. I do have some new workouts that we can do to increase our short game. There I learned go. yesterday <laughs> from some pros. There you go. Yeah. yeah, actually, I mean, pickleball, you, you do, you, you're squatting a lot. It's, um, you know, you're, you're dinking the ball real low to the net. So you're mm-hmm. constantly up and down, up and down. So yeah, your, your thighs, your lower back, lower back I mean, hurts. you really feel it. And yeah, the more, more I play, like we played four hours straight yesterday and my lower back was killing mm-hmm. me when I got home. So me too. no, yeah, I've got all the stuff. I've got the infrared heating pads and I've got the Theragun all this he won't use any of it that's how scary it like surrounds you and like starts grabbing you and starts squeezing your neck and your feet and he would feel so much better if you just such a baby that stuff breaks though i mean it clamps onto you oh my my gosh (laughs) wow i can't believe you're my partner sometimes okay so (laughs) so clearly my my next question is just a totally moot point do do you have to do anything special to recover from a long tournament or back-to-back pickleball sessions obviously it's Mm -hmm. just the advil i do Um, and well, yesterday is a good example. We played for four hours, and what you say we burned like you burned like what eight hundred calories. So that's probably like twelve hundred for me, right? Okay. Um, so I had to run to local hamburger place. I had to get a hamburger and a hot dog to get all those calories back. <laughs> okay, so you just make so sure you replenish your calories. You got to replenish those calories. Okay. Yeah, you lose them um, like that. You don't get. Them I back. have my kids rubbing my feet, rubbing my back. <laughs> I just get in the hot bath, a hot tub, whatever, some salt. Like I have to soak my bones. See, hot tub. Mm-hmm. You don't need a hot tub. You need to get a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do a podcast on why we don't need a hot tub. I can do one. Why <laughs> you, you can probably do a one. podcast on I why got we that don't need one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just sit there. You'll never use it. I use well, it. Okay, that would be a really boring podcast because it would just yeah, be well, you just, droning on. I just did the whole podcast right okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> you got two in one. All right. All right. So. Do we get paid extra? No. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So outside of pickleball, what is your favorite activity or hobby? I like going and watching like my kids. They have she's in band. One of my oldest daughters in band. My youngest is a d- dancer, and she's starting softball this year. So I'm gonna relive that maybe oh, through nice. her a little bit. I tried to coach my oldest one year. Um, that didn't work out very well because I'm like really hard on her because my dad was really hard on me, mm-hmm. and she just wants to have fun. So I had to back off a little bit, oh. which is fine. Now Matt can have her at tennis. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it doesn't always work to coach your kids. I tried to give my kids piano lessons and that didn't work out. But then he could coach them. Yeah. So, do you do anything 
Nothing, I guess. Well, she took, she took my answer. Oh, you coach well, tennis? Well, you say I, coaching. I mean, that's such, <laughs> Matt. Such, it's a different sport. I do coach her See what I did was he cries about everything. <laughs> like, he's such a crybaby. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I like tennis. It's uh, Honestly, tennis is getting a little harder to play, though. The older I'm getting, mm-hmm. it's, uh, that, that recovery is a lot harder. I don't move as so quick as I used to. So how old are you exactly? To. I'm not saying. Like, uh, I said it's my 47. age. 47. Thank you. Is that right? 47. Dang. I know. Actually, another month. Yeah, 48. Gosh, He's I'm about to get a new partner soon. <laughs> <laughs> I was griping about my age yesterday, and a 69-year-old lady told me to shut up. So. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I so do you think you'll eventually be one of those kick-ass 80-whatever-year-old people out on the pickleball court? Well, he'll be 80, and I'll still be like in my 70s. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like my age now. That's true. But will you, will you be one of those ones that can like kick everybody's butt? I'll go down and try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that the plan? That's the plan. I right. love those people, though, because like, like, we played in They're a tournament. They're funky. I love exactly. it. Yeah. Like, the last tournament, and we played, um, we got into the, you know, out of a bracket play and got into, like, the elimination bracket. And it was this older lady who's become a real good friend of ours now playing, and she comes up. We didn't know her. And she, would she say something? She's like, I'm just out here having fun with my son, so go easy on me. I'm 69 years old. And then two seconds later we're down like seven eight to nothing she is absolutely <laughs> destroying us that's what we we're like and, okay we need to like figure something out quick because we're getting destroyed <laughs> hustling you yeah. but you see that a lot but now i call it grams i'm like we got destroyed by grams <laughs> been teaching us but I, yeah i was like very inspirational though because i'm like i'm thinking how long can i continue to do this and mm-hmm. i'm seeing someone almost 70 years old out there yeah. kicking my butt mm-hmm. and i'm like sign me up yeah Definitely. for sure so yeah, hopefully we're still kicking, and maybe maybe we'll be pro by then. That's right, something like yeah, that. Like seventy and older totally league. Go out on the road. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> they they have to have a league for like eighty and older. They do have fifty one day. I know, yeah, but like a couple one years day. I'm playing in the old person league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be there ten years late. There you go. All right, so if you have not been introduced to pickleball yet, I will put up on my website uh, a list of the rules and and places where you can get more information about pickleball in your area. But for now, we are going to go into our lightning round. And so we're going to see if Matt and Kayla are going to agree or disagree as a team. That's easy. I can tell you that already. Uh, Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. So, okay. (laughs) The best way to win, murder ball or dinking? One, two, three. Dinking. Mix of both. Okay. (laughs) That wasn't an option. It was. I made up my own answer. No, you can't do that because it is a mix of both, but patience wins the game. Yeah, but you still got to hit it hard, so... (sighs) She set us up to fail on that one. So, okay. <laughs> Favorite sport Did I that's... win that one? No. It's not. It's... <laughs> I'm up one to nothing. Everything is a game with you people. <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> All right. Favorite... I won the first one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Favorite sport that's not pickleball? One, two, three. Softball. I need clarification on the question. Oh, is... my gosh. Favorite sport that is not now pickleball? Now everybody knows. To play or watch on TV? I'm basically winning by two right to now. Play? I'll go with tennis. Okay, I'm well, winning by two. Well, I didn't understand the question, so we're going to scratch okay, that. Well, uh, okay, nothing. to watch on TV. I'm winning by two. I like to watch LeBron James whine and cry in basketball. <laughs> That's oh still gosh. not the answer to the question. When LeBron James listens to this podcast, you're going to be in trouble. Hey, LeBron, <laughs> quit whining, buddy. <laughs> hey, LeBron, quit whining. <laughs> but yeah, the funny yourself. thing is, no, the funny thing is, he has followed LeBron since the beginning of his career, so he is a fan. Oh, oh, yeah, so don't, don't get him LeBron. wrong. I mean, don't get him wrong. We weren't talking about watching, because I like to watch the Cubs. That was not the question. So quick side note. Pause a second. So 
we went to the Pacers game and we were right next to the, uh, oh, yeah. let's see, that was, that was the heat, wasn't it? Or no, that was Cavs. That was the last year they won the championship. Anyway, yeah. I got to sit by his Gatorade bottle. A 23 on the <laughs> he top was never so happy. He made me take a picture of him in LeBron's Gatorade bottle. Remind me he sat right, literally right next to J.R. Smith, and he's like, "But I've got LeBron's Gatorade <laughs> yeah, it's like, bottle." Well, it's like I mean, you got J.R. Smith, you got LeBron's Gatorade bottle, and they're same <laughs> personality, rubbed. right? Reggie Miller's so, head. Uh, nice. Oh. Yeah, I have not done that. Okay, so. I'll you know again. Saying? You know what other podcast I want to do <laughs> is like how to. Um, get in in some kind of conversation with a celebrity because you are the queen, <laughs> the queen of that we have another friend uh, amanda who can who can do stuff like that about on your level i would say i want to get the two of you in a room and let's be just like ahead. what let's are your it. tactics let's do this they call it stalking if you don't days. try <laughs> okay yeah yeah if you don't try it won't happen you just that's gotta true. put yourself out there that's true sometimes you might look like a fool but sometimes it pays off i always look like a fool so yeah. we get to see justin timberlake in concert in a few months, it, it is so. not in sync it is new kids. Same difference. And Rick but Astley. Anyway. Oh my god. And Salt and Peppa. Yeah, we get to see. He Rick keeps Astley. thinking he's going to see Justin Timberlake, what? and that How he would be performing. Insane. That is embarrassing. Not even the same decade, man. Whatever. Okay. Okay. You have lost control. We are going. You have lost control. control. <laughs> Back to the lightning round. Gatorade or water? Three, two, one. Gatorade. Water. I won. Okay. I won. It, it, water <laughs> during the game. I don't know. I go Gatorade. And then Gatorade after it to replace and get your yeah. electrolytes. Yeah. You have to have fresh water during the game. I go Gatorade, and then on the drive home, I drink my water until I get to Sonic to get my Diet Coke. That's what you're doing so, wrong. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Which negates all of the Gatorade and water you You can get. do an advertisement for Sonic also. Maybe I'll get free stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So I know this might sound like a weird question to listeners out there, but it's a, it's a, it's a, ugh, it is a thing with pickleball people. Favorite color of ball? Yellow. Yeah, I think yellow. I'm warm oh, too, oh, so. see, you copied me. That you time. know, when as we age, we can't see so good, and when it's dark or dark-ish, and you know, especially like in the church gym or whatever, there are certain ball colors that you just can't see, <laughs> and you yeah. miss them because you're like, oh, and it varies from gym to gym depending on the that's lights. True. Like it uh, does, and yeah. it also on the weight of the ball. Yep. Yeah, that's true. For like the orange ones are heavier or whatever. Is that right? Uh, diff- different brands. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why uh, I like the yellow because. The ones I've been using are heavier and what are okay. they, Durafast 40s or something like that. They're the yeah. heavy ones, but yeah, you give a light ball to Kayla, she'll hit it out in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, so nice. It's okay, it's my softball swing coming. A little aggressive. <laughs> All right, so next is favorite brand to paddle. I think I know what you're gonna say, but we'll do three, two, one. Diadem. We're gonna agree on this one. <laughs> Boom, we have the same paddle. Yeah, Diadem Warrior. Yeah, that's one thing world. that we'll agree nice. with. <laughs> it, and it is a hoss of a paddle. It is like thick and large and, and juicy yeah <laughs> in fact we were warming up for our tournament and uh kayla had a different paddle and uh what you bought that paddle right before the tournament and started yeah. using it first like time i literally was like can oh, i wow. see your paddle and then i hit two with it and i'm like sold and then my friend that's played pickleball since like 2009 came in from out of town and he has like 10 paddles mm-hmm. and he hit with my paddle yesterday and he went and bought it too oh nice okay so yeah it's, it's pretty awesome paddle. All right, your go-to post pickleball snack. Three, two, one. Wow, let's see. He's gonna get mad because <laughs> tell her about the banana. Oh, we gotta do the banana story. I think we gotta answer the question first. So. Answer the question first, then you can do the banana story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <see>. mom. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. For me, it would be hamburgers and hot dogs. I like pizza from Casey's. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like Mexican food. I know it's not really a snack. <laughs> 
like a well, like a taco. No, like but we do that sometimes. <laughs> we'll like order something after. We do Taco Bell like every time we leave. Yeah. Okay. So so you neither one of you eat good food. No, we don't really eat healthy. <laughs> Not good. But back to the awesome. banana. Banana. So <laughs> I tried to eat healthy that day, and then he said it blamed. He blamed. We lost the game after I ate a banana. What did oh, we, wait, I think I do. We remember won this. what our first two games at, in that tournament, and then, and then I ate a banana. She went and got a banana, and then we lost. Bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, you're never allowed to eat a banana again. I'm like, all right. This okay. podcast not brought to you by bananas. <laughs> Do not eat bananas. Do not. Okay. Uh, all right. So indoor or outdoor courts? Three, two, one. Depends on the weather. Yep, oh. definitely. Okay. I so, like I like indoor. I'm not a big fan of the elements, like the wind and stuff like that. It yeah, makes the wind it does mess with you. I, yeah, and I like that. You don't have to like chase it as far too. <laughs> exactly. That's always nice. Yeah. All right, last lightning round question. Laying the smack down or having fun? Three, two, one. Laying Laying the the smack smack down. down. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. Big thanks to Matt and Kayla both for being here with me. Thanks for having me. Thanks. It was fun. All right. Appreciate it. I don't know about you, but I have enough drama in my life. When I watch a movie, I want action, adventure, romance, and plenty of laughs. So grab your popcorn and get comfy for Caroline's favorite feel-good flicks. Here we go with the first edition of Caroline's favorite feel-good flicks. For a grown-ass adult on the wrong side of 40 to be enthralled by a movie about a high school musical is, I admit, kind of lame. But I'm woman enough to admit Get Over It, released in 2001, is my favorite movie of all time. Hijinks aside, and that is including but not limited to Martin Short singing Camptown Racist dressed as a hobo and Carmen Electra playing an S&M stripper, a stretch I know for her to be in that character, Get Over It is a fantastic ensemble comedy with a ton of really, really good actors in it. Ben Foster's the lead, and even though he's at his most amazing when playing creepy sociopaths, he's lovable as the jilted boy next door in this movie. Martin Short is hilarious, no surprise, and Colin Hanks steals several scenes as the laid-back best friend. Ben Foster's character's parents are TV sex therapists, played by Spoozy Kurtz and Egg Begley Jr., who play perfectly off of each other. Cisco, remember the thong song? He can't act worth a crap, but he is truly adorable in his role. Plus, you've got side characters who are now A-list actors like Zoe Saldana and Mila Kunis. This movie has it all. It's fun to watch the many meltdowns Ben Foster's character Bert goes through during the movie. At the beginning, his soulmate Allison dumps him, and as he's trudging home, very obviously slowly dying inside, the nonsense starts with an impromptu dance parade of total randos following him down the street, complete with singer Vitamin C lip-syncing Love Will Keep Us Together. Allison, the girlfriend, of course, finds a new boyfriend, who is everything Burke is not, including being the lead singer of a boy band and being British. It's hilarious to watch Ben Foster's trademark anger simmer through the entire movie as he watches these two together. The plot centers around the fact that he joins the school musical to be around Allison and to try to win her back. Enter Martin Short, Dr. Desmond Forrest Oates, the drama teacher. If you like his character on Only Murders in the Building, which I do, you are going to love this one. They're, they're kind of similar. They're both over-the-top dramatic producer-type people, and he does both characters to a T. He's written a musical based on A Midsummer Night's Dream, in his words, because Bill Shakespeare was a wonderful poet, but Burt Bacharach, he ain't. He's egotistical, he's delusional, he's mean, he's a failure, he's absolutely the best thing about this movie. And he delivers a line to Kirsten Dunst's character about her acting, 
that my husband and I use on a regular basis with each other. He says, it's just not very good. I could lie to you, but I would do you a disservice because it's, it's just bad. So every time he and Matt, my husband, Matt and I have something that we think the other one has done and it's just not very good, we just say, it's just not very good. Anyway, I digress. Uh, The problem with most movies where characters are training for some big event, once they get closer to the event, they start learning how to be better people and they start acting right. They pull together and somehow become stars in their particular field. And frankly, the movie gets boring because there's little conflict at that point. Well, not this movie. Nobody learns anything and the musical is horrendous. Also, unlike a lot of other movies, the final scene is one of the funniest. They actually perform the musical, but the best part is the crowd's reactions to it. That is absolutely my favorite part. And I won't spoil it for you. You'll need to watch it for yourself. And if you're worried about being made fun of for watching a high school movie musical, get over it. Dad jokes aside, this movie is particularly near and dear to my heart because I discovered it on maternity leave with my son and watched it over and over again during all those sleepless nights. Watching it now reminds me of those perfect and sort of hazy moments where I had nothing more pressing to do than hold my sweet baby boy while he slept. How sweet. Oh, I almost forgot. As if it could get any better, they treat us to Cisco and Vitamin C doing an awesome cover of September by Earth, Wind & Fire, which happens to be my very favorite song of all time, and with the cast as their backup dancers. I wish Hollywood still did those fun musical numbers at the ends of movies like they did back in the day. Anyone else with me on that? Okay, so by now, I'm sure you can't think of anything else besides sitting down and experiencing this stellar bit of cinema, so you need to go directly to Paramount Plus if you have it, or rent it on Amazon, and see what all the fuss is about. And while we're talking about ensemble comedies putting on a clinic and Ben Foster, let's talk about Big Trouble from 2002. Whoever cast this is a freaking genius, and the director was damn amazing as well. Barry Sonnenfeld, no surprise there. Oh, and it's based on a novel, so that's cool too. Most scenes center around a pair of actors. I'm just going to use the actors' real names because there's so many characters this will get way too confusing if I don't. So, to set it up, you've got the strained father-son relationship of Tim Allen and Ben Foster, the blossoming romance between Tim Allen and Renee Russo, even though she's married to Stanley Tucci, and the blossoming romance between Ben Foster and Zoe Deschanel, Renee Russo's daughter. Oh, and let's not forget the blossoming romance between their housekeeper, Sofia Vergara, and Jason Lee, the homeless man living up in a big tree in their yard. (laughs) That could be a movie in and of itself, but the actual plot centers around the repercussions of Stanley Tucci's shady business dealings. He embezzles money from his company, then his bosses put out a hit on him. Naturally. Because how else would you take care of someone embezzling money from your company. (laughs) But when the hitman, um, who's another great pairing, Dennis Farina and Jack Keeler, they botch the hit and Stanley Tucci finds out that there's a target on his back. He decides to buy a bomb because what else would you do? And which through some mishap, that bomb ends up being not just a bomb, but a nuclear bomb that's being tracked by FBI agents Omar Epps and the late Heavy D, whose stoic G-Man performances are a total crack up. Enter the odd but crazily hilarious pairing of Johnny Knoxville and Tom Sizemore, down on their luck ex-cons who find themselves with a golden opportunity to steal Stanley Tucci's bomb and hold him hostage, along with his family and several other characters who happen to be at his home at the time which also include the cop duo of total underappreciated comedy grades Janine Garofalo and Patrick Warburton. So what are two idiots with a nuke to do? 
take it and two hostages on a flight to the Bahamas, of course. Hostage Zoe Deschanel steals scene after scene with her teenage eye-rolling and snarky jabs sharp enough to hurt the poor feelings of her inept captors. Which brings me to my favorite line of this movie, and it's one my family jokes about every time we go to or even talk about an airport. The line is, Arrivals or departures? We're arriving, but then we're departing. It kills me every time. So, will our nitwitted bad guys get away with their plan, or will they find themselves in big trouble? (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) You'll have to rent it from Amazon to find out. And this brings me to my favorite comfort movie, Deadpool 2. (laughs) Yes, more graphic and violent than every superhero movie combined. I love to have D2 playing in the background as I'm cooking or puttering around the house or even dozing on the couch. For all the R-ratedness of it, it really is a movie about family, as is clearly stated several times throughout the movie. I think they want to drive that point home. The first Deadpool was great, and it's one of my favorite movies, but this one is perfection. Again, the ensemble cast would be fantastic on their own, but when partnered with the comedic genius that is Ryan Reynolds, you've got magic. I won't go into the plot, because if you haven't seen it, you've seriously been living under a rock or are too old or too young to be listening to this podcast. Deadpool's eclectic friends are hysterical, and the members of the short-lived X-Force are a delight. I'm looking at you, Sugar Bear. So whether you're doing a rewatch or are the one person out there watching it for the first time, stream Deadpool 2 on Hulu, rent it on Amazon, or look for it on the FX channel a couple of nights a week. You'll find it. I have my friend Jean Pace here in the studio with me today. Jean has been practicing yoga for 15 years. When she started, she definitely couldn't touch her toes. If she gets sore enough, she still can't, she says. After just a few classes, she was a convert and has been doing yoga ever since, sometimes with children crawling under her legs. Now she's a 200-hour Yoga Alliance certified teacher. Welcome, Jean. Hello. Thank you. And where do you teach yoga at the moment? I teach currently at BFIT and the YMCA and the YMCA in Henderson, Kentucky, if if you know our neck of the woods here. All right. In Evansville, Indiana. Is, yes. yes. Where we're located. Um, so, Jean, how, I guess it really, I guess your bio kind of said this, but how and when did you get into yoga? I mean, 15 years ago, but like, you know. Well, I just had my second baby and we had this gym membership that had yoga classes and I thought, you know, I'll give that a try. And they were amazing. The teachers were amazing. Yoga was popular already, but it was really gaining popularity. And these teachers were fantastic and highly qualified and just really helpful at mentoring me into yoga, into the poses, It was really fun, and they taught me to do them correctly and well, and that was really valuable for me. Cool, cool. Um, So, obviously, you were inexperienced when you were starting out, and the teachers helped you out, but once you kind of had the idea that maybe you were going to teach, um, what, what was the biggest thing you had to overcome to finally feel like you were proficient enough to teach others how to do it? Like what, was there some big shift in your thinking or your, even your, like your practice, like, like, Oh, suddenly I'm good at this. I'm, you know, <laughs> I have not, I mean, I know I've done a little yoga and I have definitely not gotten to that. Yes. Point. And I did not for a long, long time. In fact, I still wouldn't say that I am amazing at yoga. I believe that yoga has helped me 
immensely with my fitness and I understand where the poses should be, how they should be correctly aligned. I'm very good at getting myself close to or into that correct alignment. Am I someone who can pop into a handstand right now? No, I'm not. Um, So there are always levels. And the thing I love about yoga is that you really work to your edge, but you don't work beyond your edge. And then your edge kind of scoots out a little further and a little further and a little further. And that's kind of how it goes. Uh, So with yoga, I got to the point where I felt proficient. And then just, I was like, you know, it'd be fun to teach people because this has been so good for me. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't a natural at it. And I thought, I think it'd be fun because I'm not a natural to be a teacher and to let people know it's okay if you're not a natural at yoga to do yoga. Because one of the things I heard the most as just a fan, as Mm -hmm. a person who liked to do yoga, my friends would say, oh, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And I I was just about to say that. Yes. (laughs) And I always thought (laughs) that's so funny because – You're exactly the person, like me, who should do yoga. Mm -hmm. So when we say, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible, that is exactly the person that yoga will benefit the most throughout their lives. And that's who I was. Mm -hmm. I had been very into weightlifting and a runner in high school and really just not bendy genetically. Neither of my parents were very bendy. And then also these tight muscles from years of doing much tighter types of exercise. I wasn't a gymnast. I couldn't even conceive how anyone could do what gymnasts did. I wasn't really a dancer, even though I love dancing. Um, And so I just wasn't this natural yogi. Mm -hmm. But it has been so good for my fitness because I wasn't a natural. And so I just really kind of got this little thought this little bee in my bonnet I think it'd be fun to teach as a non-natural and to be able to tell people you can do this and this will help you and I am fairly quote unquote good at yoga now not a master not even close um but not a beginner anymore either but the point is I just felt like it would be great for people to see someone on who had gone on a journey also, Mm -hmm. and for whom this had been really good. That was a long answer. No, that's good. That's, I mean, that's exactly what, what I want to hear, like on the podcast, because that's, you know, something that I want to convey to all the people on the wrong side of 40 is that like, you know, nothing is impossible necessarily. You know, I mean, maybe being an Olympic swimmer or something that is on the slightly less <laughs> possible side at our age but you know like you know you don't have to be an olympic yogi yeah to reap the benefits of it and i did not realize also that we are so like the same in the fact that like <laughs> like what i love to Yet do again. like my workout and what has like gotten me you know like in shape in my 40s is weightlifting Mm -hmm. and I I go you know twice a week to my trainer Mm -hmm. and like I've actually got muscles Mm -hmm. they're there yep and and then on the other side like I do running like that's what I just did before (laughs) you came over is I ran two miles Mm -hmm. and you know I've been doing 5ks and and everything like that and trying to get you know be that be like my other side of getting in shape but like 
I, I have the Calm app. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar, with, familiar it. with it. But anyway, they have just now added movement. Like it, it's mainly just like meditation or like really good, just like background music. I mm-hmm. you, normally like when I write, I cannot have any noise whatsoever. Oh, I don't either. No. Okay. Nothing. But this Silence. stuff is like really good. It's just like there's no words. It's just kind of like very ethereal, very nice. But anyway, the point is that they now have this move segment and it's like five minutes, which I use in the morning. And it, it's yoga, mm-hmm. which I love yoga. And I do like when I, when I get back into like, oh, I really need to like, um, I need to stretch. I need to, to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing I always go to is yoga. Like I love yoga with Adrian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love YouTube. that one. Oh, yep. she's so good. And, but I always feel like such a fool doing mm-hmm. it because I can't, I don't stress. I never stress that way. I mean, I was always in dance as a kid, uh-huh. you know, and I'm not that I'm a dancer, like you said, but I mean, I took the classes and I did okay and all that stuff, but I still, even in that, and even as a, a kid, I was never that flexible. Right. And I would just love to be more flexible. Right. And yoga really helps with flexibility, but beyond flexibility, it helps with balancing the body. And you'll notice in a lot of fitness routines. We work, for example, we work the front side of the body and, you know, think of a classic 20-ish year old dude in the gym. He's working the front side of his body. And with all, <laughs> yes, with all respect to all of the more well-balanced men at the gym, we're using a stereotype here, but a stereotype of a 20-something-ish man at the gym. But he's got the biceps, he's got the front shoulders, he's got the chest, he's got maybe the abs. Maybe if he does his legs, he's got the quads. Um, But like the back body tends to get neglected. And even if you go take a class, which I love classes, so respect to all the classes out there. uh, I would say 75 to 90% of the class is front body. Mm -hmm. And then you'll do a little hamstring thing here, or maybe you'll do a little back thing here, Mm -hmm. or maybe you'll do something here. But it really gets underworked. And with yoga, most of the poses and the process of yoga really focuses on balance. In general, you'll get a really balanced stretch mm-hmm. and workout with yoga. I believe a little more balanced than traditional classes. Um, you're just getting the front and the back of the body, the top and the bottom of the body, things that don't always get worked, not just the ab part of your core, but the entire core. So you're just getting a really balanced stretch and a really balanced workout. And it's there's a lot of power in a lot of yoga too. So it can be just stretch. It can be just relaxation. It can be just restoration, but it can also be power. It can also be aerobic. It can be incredibly muscular. So there's a lot there mm-hmm. within it. Okay. So, I mean, you know, the reason why I'm so interested in having you on here and talking about it is that, you know, I went, I think, we were talking in our other interview, mm-hmm. your interview on writing, where, you know, stuff doesn't heal like we, yes, <laughs> we wanted so to true. now that we're on the wrong side of 40. I had a, a shoulder issue. Um, I thought it was tennis elbow, but it ended mm-hmm. up being like some kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, something calcification in my rotator cuff oh, wow. of all things. So I had to go to therapy and all this stuff. And finally, I like... I pinned the oral or the, the oral surgeon, the orthopedic <laughs> surgeon down and was like, Hey, I mean, I, I do the workouts. I, you know, I run what, 
I'm going to have overuse injuries because I'm mm-hmm. old, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do stupid stuff because I'm like, oh, I didn't work out, you know, a couple of days this week. I better Time to double overdo up. it. <laughs> I better overdo it today. You know, So um, I'm going to get the overuse injuries. It's going to happen. What's my best defense? You know, I, and I thought he was going to say like, I don't know supplements or (laughs) or you know like uh steroid not steroid uh, cortisone Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. uh, shots or whatever and he said stretching Mm -hmm. i was like no seriously like really like what can i do he's like stretching (laughs) he's like believe me when i say you know like stretching before and after Mm -hmm. a workout i mean yoga is is the stretching working but i mean like if you're doing something else you want to stretch before and after and Mm -hmm. that was something that i always have trouble with especially with running like when i'm done i I am done i don't want to do anything else i don't want to stretch out when i'm done but that it feels so good when you actually do it oh good yeah because you need that i mean Mm -hmm. like my (laughs) i swear like 0.1 miles into it my calves are like tight (laughs) hard as a rock and I'm like and I even stretched before and it mm-hmm. but it's still it just it still happens yeah but anyway but doing the stretching after really helps so I guess my question is is yoga like the perfect thing for people on the wrong side of 40 to get our stretching in I mean even like a few minutes worth of yoga yeah I do think it is the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I think it's even better than, you know, the stretches you did in gym class in the 80s. Okay. Like, yeah. I think it's way more balanced. It's way better. They'll get, if you try to do it as correctly and in as good of alignment as you can manage, you'll just get a really, really nice stretch and a stretch without injury. Again, I'm not saying you'll never get injured if you oh, do sure. yoga, yeah. but I mean, you could injure yourself like walking into I know, yoga getting class out of as bed. much as, yeah. yes, like it's all there. <laughs> it could happen. Anytime. <laughs> okay. So, so speaking to that, are there a few poses that you can like tell us that would be the most beneficial in that situation for our wrong side of 40 stretching, you know, like kind of newbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great question. And by the way, all these things we will put on the show notes i'll put them on um my blog website whatever (laughs) and um well so you can actually see what she's talking about and get some more information yeah and you can find pictures of all of these on the internet like they're really common child's pose is a really nice resting pose but also it's going to stretch out your hips it's going to stretch your back it's going to stretch your spine Downward dog is the one you'll hear about the most. I hate that one. So I know, you know, I hated it when I started to, I couldn't, couldn't even do it right. It's the most foundational pose probably in yoga. Mm -hmm. If we had to pick one, that would probably be it. It's a tough one, but it's a lot of shoulder strength even Mm -hmm. again, balanced with that stretching. So it's a great pose. It's worth some time to learn to do it correctly. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's going to pay you back in dividends. And it opens all the stuff that we close off while we're sitting at our computers and cars. Oh. And, and maybe that's why it hurts so much. It it's probably it, is. It's like opposite And when of we're we done, do. I'll give you some pointers and make sure you're, oh, you've got it in nice alignment. <laughs> so downward dog is a great one. And do take some time to learn to do it right. Because it really will pay off. Um, and then some things where again you are kind of countering that sitting there's one called sphinx pose that i think is really great especially for desk workers or readers 
cobra pose same mm-hmm. thing really like great when you're like <laughs> forward a lot of the mm-hmm. time and let's come up with one more oh a supine twist one of my favorites great to do before bed um or any i mean honestly anytime it's just a really nice really nice really relaxed stretch but mm-hmm. it also can just get you a nice deep stretch and then if you want to do something just to feel good you can do what's called waterfall pose or legs up the wall pose. Very relaxing. Takes your blood pressure down. Again, if you're having trouble sleeping, it's a great thing to do. So okay. there they are. All right. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So basic poses. Let's say I'm so new. I've got no equipment whatsoever. Do I need equipment to do these? I mean, all you need, and even that is a little questionable, is a mat. And you, I mean, literally they have them at five below. You can get them cheap mm-hmm. and you don't and need just a really fancy for safety, one. More it's than anything, so you yeah. don't slip. Yeah. But even a, a carpet that is not super thick or super thin will give you a little traction. So you okay. won't be slipping around a lot, even on a, an average carpet. So okay. the mat is nice to have. And as a beginner, if you only have hardwood or only have squishy carpet, Mm -hmm. I would recommend a mat. Okay. All right. All right. So now let's say I'm a little bit not, well, I'm not a newbie. I've gone to some classes. Maybe I've done some online yoga. I have a mat. I have a general knowledge of how to do some of the more well-known poses. What can I do to take my yoga practice to the next level? This is like a question for me. (laughs) This is a great question. So what I recommend, Take a class from Jean, that is what I was going to say. <laughs> I drove here. It took me nine minutes from Newburgh. Oh, okay. um, from the B-Fit there. But um, it is nice to have an instructor that can show you, and this is taking it up a level, that can show you the correct alignment or help you get into the correct place in a pose. Now, a good online instructor can do that too mm-hmm. with their words walking you through this should be here this should be here look at me this is here so it can be done online too Mm -hmm. but it is nice if you have an instructor and I'll warn you with COVID it's tricky because fewer instructors are walking around making adjustments making suggestions more Mm -hmm. they're staying up front and sure you know there's more space when I started doing yoga it was very hands-on especially in my particular class where they were like let me let me hold your arms out this is where they should be Mm -hmm. you know let me tip your body this direction and so it was really hands-on in mm-hmm. this particular this particular class especially so much more helpful it was incredibly <laughs> helpful especially for someone like me with no gymnastics no ballet no nothing like mm-hmm. that where I was like I don't know I can do a squat do you want me to do a squat you know <laughs> sometimes we do do squats so yes nope. sometimes you can do a squat in yoga <laughs> so All right. So definitely get some classes in there. Get I some think some classes would yeah. be great. But if not classes, again, online, you can find, you could probably even Google. I have not done this, so I can't promise it. But you could probably Google tutorial correct downward dog mm-hmm. and get something oh, where sure. someone's yeah. walking you through and just really. So on those poses you're doing, you want to be doing them as right as possible. And I hesitate to use words like right or correct because again, in yoga, we're always working towards our best expression of the pose. So there's not like an I've arrived or this is a perfect yoga pose. There's never anything like that. We're always working a little more to get a little better at what we're doing. Um, But there are some alignments that will be a lot less useful to you because, you know. Fair enough. 
All right. So since New Year's resolutions are probably kind of still in force for most of us, um, or at least we're mildly interested in exercise and looking for (laughs) new opportunities to burn off that extra holiday weight. Mm. So how can I choose a yoga practice that's right for me and one that I'll actually stick with? Like, do you have any tips for sticking with it? Because I mean, I've I've done the yoga thing, but I always Mm -hmm. like come away from it. Yes. And I think that is a fantastic question. And my advice is a little different from some other teacher's advice. I say do what you can as long as you can do it consistently. So when I started doing yoga, I just did it once a week. And there are a lot of practitioners who will be like, your daily practice, I'm going to quote someone specifically whom I adore on the internet, but she'll say, your daily practice is your best practice. And that is not wrong or bad advice, Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to do a daily practice or don't have time to do a daily practice, it's not particularly useful advice. Okay. So I would say, although that is great advice, and if you can, take it, I would just do what you can do. When I started, and probably for the first 7, 8, 9, 10 years that I did yoga, I did it once a week. I did an hour a week, sometimes twice a week. I would take a class. Mm-hmm. And it still helped balance out all the other types of fitness that I was doing. And as I... have got more into it I I did do more and I would watch videos and YouTube exploded and then that mm-hmm. was just this whole world of yoga that people could do and it's there for us like you can literally just type in anything and something's gonna pop up on YouTube for true. you it's I mean it's truly like amazing it nice. it's almost it nice. miraculous and that is another tip so first of all do what you can but be sure you can do it. So if you're like, I'm going to go to a class on Monday or I'm going to do yoga on Monday, Mm -hmm. just always do it on Monday. Make a commitment you can keep that isn't too lofty. Right. And then my second piece of advice would be if you're doing it at home, especially type that thing in first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Um, So whatever, I'm going to do a 20 minute restorative yoga. Something's going to pop up. Just click it. And have it ready so when you wake up, you turn your computer on, it's right there, mm-hmm. and you're going to be more likely to do it. Sure. So if that's your thing, if you're doing it at home, I would have it all ready. Remove nice. all of those barriers for yourself so that it's there. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I keep hearing the word consistency over and over again. And like everything I see, like to make yourself better in any way, like yeah. like better eating, better you know, exercise better, anything is just consistency. And you don't have to be like amazing at what you're doing. But if you're like consistent at, you know, drinking more water, right? You know, that's better than like, I'm gonna drink, you know, 200 I mean, ounces of water today. All and the then, water. Yes, all the water. Yes. And then the next day you don't drink any of the water. Right. Because you're like, because you feel yucky. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I would just really, I did it once a week for years. And it was so much more beneficial to me than mm-hmm. doing nothing because I felt like I should be doing seven days a week. Okay. So doing once a I week. I could do it once a week. Yeah. I mean, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do 20 minutes once a week if you have to. Sure. Or commit to a class. You're like, this is my class. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go once a week. Done. And right. you don't have to think about it again if, you, if that's your thing. All right. Yeah, so. that, that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Good. Um. So about being on the wrong side of 40, you know, you've done yoga for 15, yeah. 16 years, whatever. And... um. So once you hit 40, did that change your outlook or did it present you with a new or different physical mental challenge in regard to your yoga practice? Did you find anything like shifted when you kind of got a little older, like out of your 30s? So this is so funny, but the 
fun thing for me about being 40, you do get injured a little more easily. You do sometimes have to be a little more careful. All true. But what I love about 40 or being past 40 (laughs) is that if you can do anything, it's kind of impressive. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there are certain things that if you can figure out how to do them, you're like, holy cow, I'm 40 and I can stand on my head. Like, it's fun. Yeah. And it's and if you can't, that's fine. It's certainly not the gold standard of anything. But if you ever do kind of hit something or hit a goal or hit whatever, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm old and I can totally do this. And so that has been fun for me. Whereas when I was 20, I was like, why can't I do this? I'm young. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm strong. I should be able to do this. Sure. Whereas by the time you're past 40 on the wrong side, you're like, huh, I can still do this. Or even better, I just learned to do this thing. There have been several things physically with yoga that I've learned to do either late, late 30s or in my 40s. And it's just been fun to be like, you know what? I can't do everything and I won't ever become an Olympic swimmer, but (laughs) I learned to do this new thing and it's really extra fun because I'm not a young chicken anymore. Cool. Very cool. All right. So besides yoga, what is your biggest passion? Besides writing. I have lots of passions, (laughs) to be honest. And one of my passions is my family. So I just love to spend time with my kids and I love to spend time outside. So very good. All right. And the lightning round, I have chosen different questions since you've already done this in another interview, but, and I don't know if this will be first or if the other interview will be first. I can't really remember (laughs) when I had it on my schedule, but anyway, um, all of these are pre-recorded. Obviously (laughs) podcast is pre-recorded for the most part. Um, so we're going to go with the lightning round. Okay. So it's just like, think of this stuff on the fly, just whatever pops into your head, just say it. All right. Ready? Yes. Guilty pleasure. Okay. For the last one, I did say chocolate. I am also going to say naps. I take a nap almost every day. Whoa. Do it. I can't nap. So fun. Some people aren't good at napping, and they are usually power naps, usually quick. Usually in the afternoon when I am writing, I'll hit this point where I'm like, I don't even know what's happening in my brain right now. I close my eyes. I'm asleep for 5 to 15 minutes, and it's like the most amazing thing ever. That is ever. awesome. All right. Favorite childhood toy? I had a stuffed bear. Kind of a big stuffed bear. Aww. That was my favorite one. Cool. All right. Favorite adult toy slash gadget? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say my phone, even though it's super basic. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I mean, it's it's everything at your fingertips. I mean, you know, and we I, have to carry around a I camera know. and a flashlight. It's amazing. And, you know, I love my laptop, too. Book. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all in just in your hand. I mean, we didn't have this it's when we were little. All right, favorite childhood movie? Sleeping Beauty. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, favorite movie now? I don't, I don't know that I have one favorite. I really True, like yeah. the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I am a superhero fan, and I am a fantasy fan. So mm-hmm. that's right up your alley. Yeah. There. All right. Good. All right. So the most surprising thing about being on the wrong side of 40, I do think I made you do this one already. I do think I might have done this and I stand by it. How much confidence and power I feel despite some of the quirks of aging. Cool. All right. The most disturbing thing about being on the wrong side of 40. (laughs) All those quirks, right? The quirks. Oh yeah. (laughs) The weird quirks. The, the losing your, um, up close vision at 
42. <laughs> it just like clockwork. It really <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. It's a thing. Yes. My yeah. husband hit 42. He was like, I cannot Mine see anything. And, yep. and then the next year I hit 42 mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no, it happened to me yeah. too. It's crazy. And yeah, our eye doctor is... was like, yeah, 42. Yeah. Yep. It's, that's crazy. Yes. Awful. Agree. Yes. All right. Dream vacation. Oh, I want to go to Europe specifically. I want to do like an Ireland, England, Netherlands, Belgium jaunt. That would be so pretty. So, so pretty. pretty. Yes, definitely. All right. So to wrap things up, where can our listeners connect with you online if they have other questions? You can find me on Facebook, Jean Knight Pace. And anywhere you find me as an author, you can connect with me. So I am an author as my day job. Are you allowed to be an author as a day job? Absolutely. I'm an author as a day job. Um, So you can find me there or just my personal Facebook page. Great. All right. Thank you very much, Jean. Thank you. Don't Call Me Boomer is a segment dedicated to helping those of us on the wrong side of 40 relate better to those on the right side of 40. And making for damn sure we never get called boomer again. All right, this is the inaugural segment of Don't Call Me Boomer, which I am told by my son, who is here with me today. My son, Will, say hello. Hi. And you are a blank major at... I'm a journalism major at Butler, and I told my mom it's not okay to say boomer anymore because it's bordering on cringe, I think. Actually, definitely just it is. So in in this first first Don't Call Me Boomer segment... Like, don't Call Me Old. Yes, it's already passe to say boomer don't call me grandma eh, i don't know because you might call me grandma in don't call me nana in years don't call me mimi don't i don't know okay all right we'll have to think about the title we'll have, sure. we may have to rethink it's, the title. no it's a fine but title for it's now good. for now it's don't call me boomer okay okay even though boomer is so five minutes ago like two years okay <laughs> oh well okay so in order to not be called old and out of the loop, I have invited him here to, you know, kind of help us just not be old and out of the loop. So what we're going to start with today is texting and and social posts and stuff like that. And kids these days, if you've noticed, misspell a lot of words on purpose. And I always wondered why they do it. Because it's kind of funny. I mean, when I read, you know, his and his friend's social posts and whatever, it's they've got some words on there that are misspelled, but in a funny way. And I always had wondered, well, why does everybody do that? Why, you know, why is that a thing? So, Will, tell us why it's a thing. I mean, I would say, honestly, you answered on your own just that, like, it is kind of funny. Like, I know that in most of my posts, anytime I mention Butler, I always say Bowler. I misspell it B-U-E-L-L-E-R. Just because it's a little like inside joke, it's a little funny, but it's just there's something about just like purposely messing it up on like in public and on your post for people to see that's just kind of like I don't know, like like I was saying, everyone laughs at that. There's not a single person who's going to be like, "Well, you're stupid. You you that's not even right." Like no one says that, you know. That's true. It's so misspelled. That yeah, you, everyone. Yeah, you can't say, "Oh, that's just a typo." No, it's like yeah, and you can't actually. Severely. It can't be. It has to be severe in, in like a sense that if it looks like a typo, then you're just going to look stupid. It's going to be like. What that's are you even saying? Like, you're dumb. But if you misspell it on purpose, it's kind of, you know. Good. So now we know why. And that's not to say that we, as, you know, the, on the wrong side of 40, should do that. Should no, it would, it would come off terrible if it was, like, if that was your Facebook post and it was, like, family post for <laughs> Niagara Falls. And it's just, I mean, that would. <laughs> that would be bad. So, yes, definitely still watch out for our typos because 
They can be yeah, Some of those are just unfortunate. Yes, definitely unfortunate. A big thanks to my son, Will, for dropping by for Don't Call Me Boomer. And thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please show us some love by following, subscribing, rating, and reviewing Wrong Side of 40 wherever you get your podcasts. And then please go share it with your friends. Episode two's guests will be Lena Stagg and Nicole Kristoff, and we'll talk about everything from competitive weightlifting to broadcasting. Come back next time to hang out with me on the wrong side of 40. To get more information on the topics we discussed today, including product links and discount codes, visit carolinefartig.com slash wrongside of 40. That's carolinefartig.com slash wrongside of 40. For behind-the-scenes photos and videos, follow at Wrong Side of 40 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, you awesome Gen Xers. Yeah.